Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. Today, I want to talk to you, this is something that's kind of been stirring in my heart, but I want to talk to you, uh, and the title of my message is Living a Legacy. Living a Legacy. A lot of times we talk about leaving a legacy, but I want to talk to you about living a legacy today. Before I do that, just in regards to uh, fathers, there was a uh, some statistics that were compiled back in the 70s, back in the day where there was these things that were on the wall that you took and there was a cord attached to it and you picked it up and you pushed buttons. Or no, or no yeah, you actually roto-dialed. And if there was a zero or nine in it, it was frustrating because it took so long for that thing. And I used to, as a kid, I remember forcing it back to get it back quicker so I could get through the numbers. Well, anyway, there was uh, statistics that were compiled from Bell Telephone back in the day that Father's Day phone calls from kids calling their fathers started to increase more than mothers calling the mothers on Mother's Day. And that was like, why was that the case? Well, once they figured out and compiled the statistics, they found out that on Father's Day, uh, why they had more calls, because the calls then were, they were, and some of you may not understand this, what I'm about to say, but the calls were collect, which means, because when you call long distance, it costs somebody money, and it wasn't really cheap. And so it was, I'm calling my dad, but I want him paying for the phone call. And that's how that worked. You would call collect. And so you would tell the operator, I'm calling collect, and then the person on the other end would have to say whether or not they would accept the charges there to pay the charges. And obviously, dads were like, okay, I'll do it. I've been doing it their whole life. I've been paying for them. And uh, anyway, interesting statistics. So if you want to do a little research on what those kinds of instruments are, those old phones and all that, it's fun. I think it's important to understand the fathers are created to be leaders, created to be leaders. If you were not a leader before you became a father, the moment you became a father, you became a leader. You had responsibility to lead. And that, that's important for us. And I know that many fathers have failed over the years to embrace that role or figure out what that role really meant to them. And so that's why it's not just leaving a legacy but living a legacy. Lord, I pray as we go through a few things this morning, and I know that you're orchestrating this service from beginning to end. I pray that as but by the time we conclude this morning, there will be people leaving here today that will have experienced something fresh and new in their life, and they, they can leave this place and saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And, and as men and, and, and people that are part of the family of God or those who are here today who you don't know what it is to be part of a family or a family of God, that you'll leave here today with a better understanding of what that is. And I pray blessing on each person here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There was a, a story uh, several years ago of a young man who ended up in jail. Uh, he was arrested and then convicted of forgery. And he went before the judge on day of sentencing, and the judge 
recognized him, and he said, hey, I've known you since you were a little kid. He said, your dad is a good friend of mine. Your dad was one of the most prominent legal lawyers that has ever been around. In fact, he wrote the most extensive book on the laws of trust and uh, all the family trust, all the different things of trust. And he said, Do, don't you remember your dad? He said, yeah, I remember my dad. I remember those times where I went in to talk to my dad and ask him a question or ask him if he would come and do something with me. And he'd say, go away, son, I'm busy with my book, writing my book on trust, law of trust. He said, yeah, I remember my dad, but that's what I remember, and that's why I'm here. So there's something that we have to be careful we don't miss. It's living a legacy. It's not that we're caught up and so busy with our life, consumed with what we feel like we need to do. And, and a lot of it is well-meaning. It really is. But when our children need us, and it shouldn't be waiting till all of a sudden there's a desperate, like, oh, I better do something. I remember as growing up as a kid, and my dad was busy a lot, but he always told us as, ch- as children, he always said, my, in his office, my door's always open to you, you or you can call me anytime. I'm, I'm never too busy to talk to my kids. But I thought that was important, and understanding that as a father, and that really resonated with me as I raised my children as well in, in that regard. It's interesting, you think of way back with Abraham, and God told him. What did he tell him? He said, you are going to have incredible seed. They're going to scatter amongst the earth. So many, you can't count. I'm going to bless you abundantly. It's going to go through. There's going to be this legacy that you're starting. And this incredible word that God had given Abraham, and Abraham's first, you know, like, I don't even have a kid. <laughs> I don't have a son. How could this even be possible? But it's interesting because there, there begins to be a little faith buildup in Abraham, but then God also follows that up and says, oh, by the way, there's going to be about a 400-year period where your legacy, your family is going to be enslaved. They're going to be controlled by another agency, another entity, another country, another rulership, and, and they're going to be treated Badly. This is going to happen for about like 400 years. Now, if I'm thinking like right now, if God's talking to me and said, hey, the next several generations, this, it, I just would have a hard time saying, God, how could that be anything that I would think is a good thing? Now, he did follow up saying, but I will be freeing them and they will be blessed beyond measure and they will become abundant in my blessing. But there was things that they had to go through for all of those years. So we've, we've kind of forwarded into this picture where we come to Jacob. And I was reading about this recently, and, and the Lord just sort of landed me on this uh, area here of Jacob. And some really critical things that, that are happening. And I want to kind of go through this story with you. And then at the end of, the, of my time this morning, in a few minutes, because I want to save some time for, for something that I believe is really special. And I, it's something that I uh, have been careful at putting together in my thought process for this morning, because I want it to be 100% a God thing, and I believe it is this morning that what he wants to do with fathers here this morning and how he wants to do that. He just sort of laid that out for me, and I hope that you trust me in this, that 
what we're going to do in the process is for the reason of demonstrating some things that God in God's heart in regards to legacy and how that works and how that flows. And so there's this story goes where Jacob, who you have Abraham, you have Isaac, and then you have Jacob, and he has Joseph, and then Joseph has Ephraim and Manasseh. So we have this legacy that we're reading about that's happening. There's this living legacy starting with Abraham. And so uh, Jacob was near his death, and so it was getting close to the, the end of his life. And so he called for his son Joseph, Joseph to come to him. And they were living in Egypt at the time. And so Jacob's saying to his son, hey, he, so Joseph comes and he said, you know, I don't feel like I have much longer here. Um, I just need you to promise me one thing. I need to, you to promise me. And this is in Genesis chapter 47. And I'm going to go through some uh, 47, 48 in there. And, and he says, I need you to promise me one thing, that I won't be buried in Egypt. I want to be taken to the land of, of promise. I want to be buried where my ancestors are buried and where, where my family's going to be. That's, that's where I want to be buried. And Joseph said, oh, yeah, Dad, I, I'll, I'll make sure that happens. And there's this, there's this promise that is made there. And he insisted, come on, <laughs> I need your word on this. I need your word on this. There was something that was important to Jacob. And so, and then Jacob humbly bowed before his son in this process and said, thank you very much. And, and moving into chapter 48, word comes to Joseph, your dad is right on his deathbed. He doesn't have much time to live. He's failing rapidly. So Jacob goes, or Joseph goes to visit his father Jacob. And what does he do? He does something that I look at this and I go, this is really important. This is critical. He takes his two sons with him. He takes Ephraim and Manasseh with him. He's taken his sons to go see his dad. Now, you might think that would be something normal, whatever, but I believe it goes beyond just, hey, kids, why don't you just come? Let's go see grandpa. I believe there was something bigger that God had in store a legacy moment that was about to happen. And Jacob is laying there on his deathbed. He really can't move. He can't do anything much. He can't see hardly at all. He's, he's nearly blind. And Joseph shows up with the two boys. And they come in, and there's Jacob. All of a sudden, the Bible says that he sits up to the best of his ability. He sits up, sits basically... I believe he's honoring his son and his grandsons just by the fact of him probably in all of his discomfort and pain, he sits up. He could have stayed laying on the bed and just said, you know what, this, this is kind of what you're going to get. But I believe that there was something in him that was so important that he wanted to pass on to his son and his grandsons. There was something, there was a legacy that Jacob was living. There was something he learned from his grandfather and his father that were so, it was so important that he's going to sit up in all of his pain and discomfort, and he's going to do something that is going to change the world, change the lives of these boys. So he said, as, as God has blessed me, he's saying, the, the blessings, the many blessings that have come upon me because of my grandfather, Abraham, my dad, Isaac, the things that God promised them, he promised me, and I've seen some of those things in fulfillment, but God also has promised that that's going to continue down through my son and my grandsons and beyond. 
and it's something very interesting happens here. And so there's a, there was an incredible moment that's going on. There's, there has to be an incredible atmosphere in that room with these three generations in this room. And there's, there's something that's going to happen that's incredible. And Jacob tells a little bit of, about his life and his experience with his uh, wife, Rachel, and how she died because she was the love of his life. And she was Joseph's mother and all of the experiences and stuff. So he's kind of going through some of his life story with his son and grandsons and just, just bearing his heart and sharing with them. And so he looks, he looks at the two boys and he's, he can hardly see. And he says, Joseph, are, are, these, are these your sons? He, he can't tell, but I think he, he's sensing that. And Joseph's, yes, dad, this is Ephraim, this is Manasseh. And he wants to draw them close. He wants to draw them close. And he, he's praying a blessing over Joseph, which is important in this process, but he's also looking beyond that. He's looking beyond that generation. He's looking to the next generation. He's looking to the millennials, if you want. He's looking, going, there is a generation that I want to do something in, that the hand of God is on them. He wasn't skipping Joseph, but he was, there was, his attention was being drawn to the two young men who had incredible potential to do something. Because Joseph, as we know, what a life he led. And man, he'd been through everything. If there's anybody to talk to about what it is to go through adversity, that's which is what we've been talking about, there's Joseph right there. He knows what it is to go through adversity and to come out with an incredible story, incredible testimony. So Jacob, he has him move the grandsons a little bit closer. So what does Joseph do? He just does what he believes is just supposed to happen because it's kind of always happened seemingly over the generations. So he just instinctively takes Manasseh, who is the oldest, and he positions Manasseh right by Jacob's right hand. And he takes Ephraim and, and moves Ephraim over to the left hand. Because historically, what typically happened was the eldest son received the blessing. The eldest son received the inheritance and all those things. Not that the other kids didn't get something, but there was something about the eldest that was passed on. And so Joseph just instinctively puts the kid, the boys, in that position. And he takes his dad's hands, and he, and he takes his dad's right hand and puts it on Manasseh's head, takes the left, puts it on Ephraim's head. And what does Jacob do? He goes like this. And he starts praying. He starts prophesying, really. He starts prophesying over these boys and prophesying incredible things over Ephraim and certainly Manasseh as well. And what happens while he's praying going through this is Joseph, you can tell, he's just like, I got I to gotta fix this. This is wrong. Um, Dad, you're, Dad, you're old, you're senile, you can't see anything. Dad, trust me, I, I've got this right. And, and, and you're, Dad, you, you, we can't do this. And Jacob pretty much says, you know, his son, no, this is what God's wanting. This is what God is doing. He's up to something, and I'm just a vessel listening to my father. And trust me when I'm doing this, that I'm doing it because this is what God wants. And he begins to prophesy over these boys. There's a living legacy in Jacob. And he says, as my grandfather Abraham, as my father Isaac, 
the blessing, the legacy that they lived, that they're passing, that they passed to me, that I'm passing to Joseph, and that Joseph is passing to you boys, there's an incredible inheritance. And there's work to do. There's people's lives to touch, and you boys are going to have a huge impact on, on the world. So he blessed those boys that day. And he told them, he said, the people of Israel down the road are going to use your names when they talk about greatness, when they talk about blessing. They're going to use the names of Ephraim and Manasseh. They're going to speak those names. He's prophesying this. And the prophecy certainly comes to fruition. And Jacob says to Joseph, hey, I'm about to die. (laughs) I understand that. I get that. I'm about to die. But God is going to be with you. He'll take care of you. He's going to take care of these boys. He's going to, you're going to do beyond what I did. They're going to do beyond what you do. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And me as a father, my heart is the same as I know my father was and still is. That my children and my grandchildren will do exceedingly abundantly above what I ever even dreamed myself or my father doing. But that can only happen if, if I'm living my life, living the legacy that God has placed on my life, the mantle on my life that I received through my father, that he received through the generations. I received a text this morning from my youngest daughter, you know, happy Father's Day, Dad. And then I was expecting just to kind of read this little thing, you know, because because she's probably busy, she's got little kids and everything, but I kept scrolling. I'm like, whoa, this is a lot, a long text message. <laughs> well, you don't have to you know, feel bad, Jen. We talked already this morning. <laughs> this is not about outdoing. This was just... The, what, what... <laughs> this is good. So... What I'm getting at is, in the text, just simply put, was basically paraphrasing, Dad, you, you showed me what a husband and a father is to be like. Thank you so much for showing me that, because it's helped me when I picked a husband, when I, you know, raising my kids. Thank you, Dad. And I say, Lord, thank you, because that comes from God you know, and I receive things through into my life and poured into my life. And, and those are special things to hear. Now, not every person here can say that, well, I wish I could say that about my dad. We, that's the reality is, but truthfully, we can start today living the legacy that God has called us to live. It's never too late as a father. It's never too late because you always will be a father to your kids no matter what age. And you can, you can come to them, you can approach them at any time. And, and I say, and I've done this with my kids over the years, come humbly to them and asking for forgiveness. It's not easy because you think, well, if I do that, it shows I'm a weak dad. Really, it shows you're a strong dad in the scope of things. And simply go, you know what? I didn't maybe make the best decisions when I was raising you or you know, I, I, I didn't do things right. Would you forgive me? I, I want to start afresh and anew. And that's where we need to be. And so I don't want anybody leaving here today feeling like, man, I don't know, I, I failed as a father. Guess what? Your legacy starts today. It starts today. If, if you haven't already been living that, it starts today. And that's a decision you can make. Good. And it's not about being a Christian. 
I'll be careful when I say this, but it's about your name in a sense. Something I learned from Jack Hayford when I sat under his ministry and was able to be prayed by him and he put laid hands on me and other pastors and just prayed a mantle blessing. But he was talking about and something I learned what he said when he was raised they were raising their kids and their kids maybe would do something that was not the best choice to do. And he wouldn't say son or daughter don't do that because Christians don't do that. He said son or daughter don't do that because the Hayfords don't do that. That's not a Hayford thing. That's, that's not what we represent. That's not what our name represents. And I believe Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, there was a representation of their name. That's why in the Bible it talks about you will use their name, their name. Your name means something. And back in the days, your name, it was a handshake and it was your name. It was your word. And I believe that still should be today. Unfortunately, there's a lot of legal stuff that happens and all this scare and fear tax and everything. If you do something wrong, you're going to get sued. Well, it's too bad that it has to come to that. But I still believe it's the same principle and value. Your name should mean something. Your handshake, your word should mean something. In Isaiah 55, 9, and this was talking about the hand reversal part, but in understanding it says, Isaiah 55, 9, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God has his idea and thoughts about you and everything. So if you think you figured it out, no, probably not. And that's why we trust him. Joseph expected God to work in a certain way. Oh, it's just going to be this way. But he found out differently. But it was the faith that I believe that he had in God recognized, obviously, that that was something that was a God thing. And he learned from it, blessing the younger one over the older. And it's interesting because, and then years later, we read that Ephraim definitely had this great nation that in the northern kingdom that he was able to raise up. And he was much superior in the sense of the tribe of Manasseh. That was a, it was greater and bigger and had more authority, just like Jacob had prophesied. I want to take a portion of this scripture here just before I transition here in a couple minutes and, and do something special. But this is this living a legacy example. And I want to take and I want to change this a little bit. And please allow me to use my own family uh, as an example because that's what I know and that's what I've lived with and I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in my own family. But I've seen, though, the hand of God and the legacy, the living of a legacy. And I started thinking about this, so I started with my great-grandfather, Levi Smith, who was an incredible man of God, a missionary. He did Christian films before they were even film was invented, I think, because he was pretty old. Anyway, so he, and he traveled all over the world and preached the gospel, and he had this Abraham-like call on his life. And then I think of my grandmother, his daughter, who took that, and she really, her role and calling in life was just flat out to be an intercessor, a warrior, a voice, a warrior voice in the kingdom. And if it wasn't for that, then my, my dad wouldn't have answered the call of God on his life. To, to ministry, to being a pastor, to being a leader. And then him fulfilling that and, and doing that caused the next generation, my generation and my siblings, to want to follow that legacy and be a part and to live that legacy. And then we, had, we have all have had children and want to impart that into those children. And now they have children and they're imparting that into those children. And I think about 
And, and there's something there about blessing that comes. But here's the heart of God. His heart isn't just for our family. He's for every family, your family. And you can say, well, man, I sure wish I had that. I wish my dad or my grandfather. But the thing is, here today is like I've been saying, if you don't have that, you can start it today. Start the legacy today. Live the legacy. Walk out of this place going, I'm going to start that legacy. I'm going to be that Abraham. Maybe you're the Abraham in that, in your generation. And I, I want to read this portion of scripture because my, my grandfather, Levi, my grandmother, Mabel, my dad, Earl, and for the sake of using one of us five kids, I'm going to use my brother, Dave, as, as a generation. And obviously, he, ha- he has children and grandchildren. But here's the, if you look at Genesis 48, 15 and 16, I'm going to read it this way. Then Earl blessed David and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Levi and my mother Mabel walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these grandchildren and great-grandchildren. May they preserve my name and the name of Levi, Levi and Mabel, and may their descendants multiply greatly throughout the earth. You can put your names in there because this is, this is exactly what it's about, living a legacy, living a legacy. There's something about connecting each generation and the importance of connecting to the next generation. There's a legacy, and if we're not doing that, we're missing, missing something. If I refuse to draw from the generation that went before me and think they're just a bunch of old fuddy-duddies, first of all, God is not happy with that if I think that way or whatever because it's so off, off track and not right and that doesn't follow biblical principles. And it's not honoring, but there's a connection. There's a passing of a blessing. This younger generation needs to connect with the ones that have gone before them. There's so much to learn. And in fact, probably what they'll teach you the most is what, the, what they learned and what mistakes they made and what not to do. There's a testimony of the goodness of God. There's wisdom that's been gained. There's great encouragement that's rising out of a generation that's going to be passed on to the next generation. Hebrews eleven twenty one. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. I have this today. And you're going to see in a moment this is significant. Jacob had the staff. Proverbs 17, 6. Grandchildren are the crowning glory of the aged. Parents are the pride of their children. It's interesting. It goes both ways. Today, I'm going to have my father play the role of Jacob in this process. Before Jacob blessed his son and grandsons, he recalled all the blessings of God on his life. I've heard my dad speak about the blessings of God in his life many times. And what I want to do before we have a worship team and all that come up here, I've called my dad and asked him if he would do this, and I humbly asked him, and he humbly agreed to do this with me. But I just felt like the Lord said, this is what I want you to do this morning. So I'm going to ask my dad to come up and join me. I'm going to give him this for two purposes. One, it's biblical. (laughs) And two, he can hold on to it to stable himself.
And what I'm going to do this morning is have every person in here who is a father to come up here and stand along the front, and my dad is going to put his hand on you and pray a legacy blessing on you. This is a big deal. Not because it's Earl Bradley, but there is a legacy that God has established in place that's a part of this church. And if you're here today, it's a blessing. And if you're here today and your father's here today or one of you, somebody close to you is being prayed over, this is good because you're going to receive something through this as well. So what I want to ask right now, Dad, if you come and, and join me, and then I want to ask every father in this room, if you are a father, I want you to come and stand here right along shoulder to shoulder along the front. Yeah, I'd hang on to that. Jan, would you just come and... The team can come on up, yeah, and we'll just kind of right now just play softly, and then um, I'm, I'm asking my dad just to go down one at a time. We'll do this fairly quickly, but this is, he's going to place his hand on you, and he's just going to pray something quick, whatever God puts on heart, just a, a legacy blessing over all the, the fathers who are here today. And I believe this is something that is very important and will leave a lasting impression in what you take from here today there's value, great value in this. So the rest of you, if you will just allow us to do this, this is important, a few minutes that we're going to take and do this. I would like to preface this time of prayer with just something brief by way of comment. Pastor Steve, I want to express my thanks to you for your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and for giving me the opportunity to honor me in this way to be joined together with you for God's purposes. I want to thank you. It is indeed an honor and it's relationship and connection. Connection with Father God and as fathers connection with our children the greater the connection with father god the greater the connection that we have as fathers with our children and it's just by god's grace so i'm going to pray now and trust god to anoint me to pray the way he wants me to pray Guys, the Lord has really stirred my heart. I have a prophetic word for each one of you as a group, as fathers. Listen carefully. This comes from not me, but from Father God because he loves you. And I want to tell you prophetically, every one of you dads, that we are living in a new day, a new day of opportunity, a new day of connection, a new day of relationship, a new day experiencing the, un, un, the incredible love, unfailing love of God. And I want every one of you, God wants every one of you to forget all the mistakes of the past. We're living now. Jesus is not the I will be or I was. He is the great I am. He is for you today, 
not yesterday, not in the future. He will be there. He was there. And he doesn't change. In the name of Jesus, be encouraged and let this be a new day for you, a new day of excitement, a day of change, a day of fulfillment. Today is your day. And move into your calling as a leader in your home. You start the legacy if you don't have one. You start it. We're all together in this. And let the name of Jesus be great in your life because Jesus is the reflection of all the Father is. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 